This is Jeff Grotewald, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. If you're a fan of true characters in the game of baseball, you are in for a treat today here on Clubhouse Conversation, as we have just that, a true character, a guy that will just crack you up with great baseball stories. He can laugh at himself. His name is Jeff Grotewald, and he played for the Royals during the 1995 season, as well as times in the big leagues with the Philadelphia Phillies, where he actually set a major league record during the 1992 season when he hit pinch hit home runs in three consecutive days at Candlestick Park against the San Francisco Giants. We'll talk about that in Clubhouse Conversation, his times with the Royals, being a replacement player, and so much more. Jeff Growald, a guy that could hit for power, could draw a walk, had some great seasons in AAA, unfortunately never got a long look at the major league level, but definitely was a guy that made the most of his opportunities, and he joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation. Jeff Growald, welcome, and update us. How's everything going out there on the West Coast? Well, everything's well. We, uh... We got thunder. Hey, I'm in Southern California where it doesn't rain, brother, and we have had thunder, thunder clouds uh, every day at two and three o'clock. Reminds me a lot of the Midwest with the humidity. I tell you what, it's been uh, it's been pouring out here, and it's been a blessing. We've been very dry. Well, think, everything's all messed up in the world. The Royals are in first place. Also, I mean, could this all be connected, maybe somehow? <laughs> well, hey, hold on a second there, okay? Hey, don't forget who was the best team around in the '70s and early '80s, brother. Okay. Everything goes full circle over time. I wish I could remember those days. I wish I could. But <laughs> excited to be living it today. So you're doing like multiple projects and you own your own business out there. Update us on what you're doing out there in Cali. Uh, I've, uh, I've, when I got out of baseball, I, I've got a construction company, uh, build and, and refurbish homes and do things like that up here in Lake Arrowhead, California. And then back in uh, 2000, I got into uh, some flooring businesses and some design centers, and I got a few of those out here that, you know, we do uh, carpeting to commercial stuff to uh, tile, granite, and, and, and remodels, things like that. We do a little commercial work. I did some, uh, a lot of work down at Miramar down there where they, where they filmed Top Gun. Remember that way oh, back yeah. in the day when the, Roy- when the Royals were in first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Great movie. Right on. Wow, that's cool. Now, do you do you still follow baseball at all? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How can you not? You know, we got a lot of we got a lot of great networks, and uh, you know, it's easy to follow. You know, with with, with social media now, and and uh, I have uh, you know all my my age group guys are all into coaching now and doing their thing or in the administrative side of it and. And uh, I do a little coaching still. I've got a young son that uh, we had after I retired in 97. Uh, his name is Haunts, and he's 16 now, and I've coached all of his youth stuff. And and uh, actually, this may be my last year of coaching with him because we're a Colt League, and he's 16 now. So now I think I don't know that I'll coach anymore after that. But I've, I've had a great experience coaching with a guy who played quite a bit, just under 20 years. His name was Kip Gross from Nebraska, from Lincoln, where your your stomping grounds are from. Of course, yeah. I love Kip Gross. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, he, uh, 
he when he retired, he moved to Moreno Valley and ended up in Redlands. And uh, he they asked him to coach down down the hill, and he saw my name come across the wire for my son to get drafted. So he said, "Hell, let's give it a shot." So. Him and I have been together for the last three years and just having a great time. It, it's great to sit back and be able to talk to somebody that knows knows a little bit about baseball. And a fellow Husker on top of that. Well, for me at least, not for you. There but. you go, brother. <laughs> yes, there you, he bleeds red. There's no doubt about it. Well, let's go way back, and we'll, we'll make it back to Nebraska eventually, of course. But let's go back to you went to the University of San Diego, but you were undrafted. So how did you end up signing with the Phillies, and then what do you remember about the day that you signed? Well, I is are we are we rated G or are we rated R? Where are we at with this one? Dave? We're, we're rated X if we need to be. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, uh, I, I went to a real small school up here in the mountains. It's called Rim of the World, which is it's at six thousand feet and it looks over the valley and not a lot of uh, scouts make it to there. So then I went to junior college for two years and then ended up down at the University of San Diego and uh, it was a it's a small but Division One, real good baseball program now. They're always in the top 20. And um, they uh, – I, I got to give my, my buddy a plug, Jason Grimsley. His son uh, his son just signed and got a full scholarship from Tomball, Texas, and he'll be attending USD uh, in the fall. And uh, uh, the coach down there is excited because he's the first Texas uh, 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 Division One baseball player he's been able to steal. So he's excited about that. So Jason and I go way back. He was my first roommate in baseball with the Phillies. And uh, we're godparents to his kids. So he's going to be coming out to the West Coast, and we're going to be able to spend some more time. And, and he's an old royal also. Yeah, one of the most underrated relief pitchers of the 2000s, too. Had a great career. Oh, so I, I, I will pass that on to him. He, he was a great, a great competitor. Yeah. So getting back to... USD. So I, I got down there and didn't get drafted my senior year, and both my parents were educators. They were teachers, so education was important. So I went back and finished my degree in business. And then uh, they have out here on the West Coast in the wintertime, there's so many guys that are from the West Coast that they've got, uh, they, they meet on Saturdays and Sundays, and, and they stay in tune by playing. Uh, it's called, it was a scout team. I'm sure they still have them. It's for real good high school kids and then the local guys that have signed. And a couple of scouts had asked me to come, you know, play a little bit and see if I was still interested, and I did. And I was fortunate enough to have a couple good games, and, and then uh, I actually had an offer from the Cardinals to sign. And back then, the Cardinals played in that big stadium with Coleman and all. They were they were singles hitters and fast, and, and I didn't think of myself as fast whatsoever. And so the Phillies, I thought, were a better fit for me, so I ended up signing with them as a free agent. And you started off with a bang, too, in the minor leagues. You were an all-star in the South Atlantic League in 87, the Florida State League in 89, and then the Eastern League in 90. You were also given the Paul Owens Award for MVP of the entire Philadelphia minor league system in 90. So being an undrafted guy, were you surprised at all with how quickly you took off in the minor leagues when you look back? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a stubborn German man, and my folks taught me to work hard. So if I'm going to go there, I'm going to... I'm going to do the, the, you know, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I was just very blessed to to be put in a position where I'd get a chance to get my at bats in the minor leagues. You know, I one of the, the the differences I I felt being from the West Coast and playing Division One baseball in college, those type of players I thought when I because I skipped short season and went right to spring training, um, and so I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I'm used to playing with 21, 22 year old people in college. 
And then when I got to, to the organization, there's 150 kids there. Some of them are 17, 18, 19 years old. And I thought to myself, I've got a lot of friends back home that I think are better or, or at least equal with that as position players. The one di- differentiating thing, and I know everybody who's played professional baseball will, will back me on this, is that every day you're facing a kid that's a number one at that Division One school. It's the arms that make the difference, I really believe, in baseball. We have a lot of great players, position players on the West Coast, and I'm sure they're all over the country, that don't actually get a chance to play because – you know, there's just only so much room. I, I did notice the one difference, though, when I got there, that everybody could pitch, man, or at least have, have have good, strong arms. Yeah, the breaking balls, too, right? Well, you know, the best way to hit a curveball is to not swing at it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's hanging over the middle of the plate, right? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, 91 and 92, you were at AAA uh, Scranton Wilkes-Barre, and then you got the call to the big leagues. In 92. So do you have a cool story or memory of, of how you found that information out, where you were at and all that good stuff? Yeah, I, I think everybody who gets that call finally, uh, you know, ha- has some type of story. And this, it's a pretty good one, I'll tell you. Uh, I, Del Swain, the, the season had started, and uh, it was the first or second day of, of uh, the big league season. And Del Swain, who managed the Cubs last year or the year before, I think he's with the Royals now. Yeah, hitting coach now. Oh, great guy. Great, great guy. He he got hurt, and we were playing. I remember we were playing Toronto's AAA Syracuse uh, Chiefs in Scranton, and um, uh, I had gotten hit in the elbow, actually. It was really, being a left-handed hitter, I was a right-handed thrower, so my, my elbow was out front. I got hit by a pitch, and my elbow swelled up. And uh, Lee Ilya was our manager at the time, and this was a, a Saturday night game. And I think that Dale had gotten hurt on Saturday, so they, they knew I was going to go up. But I got hurt. I got hit. And my arm swelled up. And so they didn't tell me after the game. And uh, Barney Nugent, who was our trainer, and he just passed away, and he was, the, he was with us forever. He's a great guy. Um, he just retired uh, about four or five years ago with the Giants. He was their trainer, and he just unfortunately passed away from cancer. Hmm. Um, he... He called me. They they couldn't tell me I was going up because my elbow was swollen. So he called me uh, the next morning, and he gave me one of those electro pads and, and iced it all night. He calls me, and they said, hey, won't you come in? We want to do some early work with you on a Sunday. So I, I get dropped off by my wife, you know, a little bit early, and Barney goes in and starts working on my elbow, and, and it seemed like an awful lot of attention for just, a you know, a, a normal Sunday day. And it really, the swelling didn't go down, but you don't know how many chances you're going to get to, to get called up to the big leagues. So Barney did everything he could, and then he, he gave me a pat on the ass and sent me into Lee's office, and, and I guess told him it was okay. And, uh, and Lee, Lee Ilya called me in and said that Dell had been hurt and I needed to get down to, down to Philadelphia, and it was very, very exciting, let me tell you. Wow. Well, you got up there and shortly after in July of 92, uh, the major league record, of course. You hit three pinch hit home runs in three consecutive days at Candlestick Park in good old San Francisco. So the first one was off of uh, Bud Black. Take us back to that first and bat. What you remember about, the, about getting that first one? Uh, it was July, which you think is pretty warm in California. Well, I'll tell you, anyone that's played in, in San Francisco at Candlestick, man, that place can get cold. And it was a cold night. And, um, and it was really a unique situation. We were shorthanded on players, and so I was pinch hitting as a left-handed hitter, which is is really odd against a left-hander. But we were shorthanded at the time, and I think I went in for Kurt Schilling, I believe, 
and uh, it was the sixth or seventh inning, and I wanted to get the head out because it was a cold evening, and, and Bud left a, a fastball down and in, and I was fortunate enough to hit it well. And, and uh, I don't remember much after that because I was, uh, you know, I didn't take my time to get around the bases. I was pretty excited. <laughs> the second one was off of Mike Jackson. Then how about that one? Mike, I played with Mike with the Phillies, and Mike was a, uh, a great, he had a good fastball and, and a good changeup. And I remember Mike started me off with a changeup, and I said, well, I don't think he throws two changeups in a row. So I geared up for the next pitch, and, he, and I was fortunate enough to, to, to get another good one, yes. And then the last one was off of John Burkett. So three days in a row. I mean, how exciting was that? Ah, it was it was fantastic. You know, I I uh, my it was a West Coast trip, so the wives went on that trip, and my wife was able to to be there with me as well as my parents and 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 some family and friends that were on the West Coast. That's what really really made it special uh, to have all my family and friends there. And at the same point, we ended up losing all three games, so that 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 didn't help much. Yeah. Do you have video of those games? Did you get you know copies of it or not? Uh, I don't have copies of the game, but we, we had a great videographer in, in Philadelphia. Dan was his name, Video Dan, and, and he, at the end of each year, would make uh, maybe a 20-minute segment to music, uh, and uh, uh, he would do, do some special things like that for all of us and give us you know some uh, packages at the end of the season. So I've got, I got a nice record of it that way. Oh, that's great. Well, and I read an article somewhere that said you used to have. Did you have a toy train in the Philadelphia clubhouse or something? Well, my my kids, both my kids were were one and three at the time when I was in Philadelphia at the time, and it was just a, a choo-choo train, you know, <laughs> one of them little like Bob the Builder choo-choo trains. I don't know, and you know, I think I can. I think I can. We just used to that clubhouse was was a sick clubhouse, man. We had Crucky and Darren Dalt, <laughs> Dave Hollins, and. Lenny Dykstra and uh, Mitch Williams. We had a there was quite a character. There's quite a bunch of guys that lived under rocks. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you finished that '92 season with uh, 72 games. You had 75 major league at bats, and then most of them were as a pinch hitter. And now a lot of people say that's the toughest job in sports is to pinch hit. So, uh, what was that like, and how are you so good at that? Uh, I was very, uh, you know, I had a great, great coaching staff. John Vukovic, unfortunately, passed away a few years back too. John. John always worked with the bench players, and, um, you know, it was just one of those things. I wish I'd have got more time playing, but both both John Cruck and Darren Dalton that year were both all-stars, so there wasn't much room for me to get out there. I, I actually ended up uh, playing left field in Wrigley one day. That was my first uh, debut in the field was in left field, so I uh, never had been out there before, so it was very interesting. But, um, you know, it was one of those things. We had... Uh, a few guys in the organization, Dale Lunzer, who was our minor league director, was a great pinch hitter, and uh, we we just talked more. And they they always the the coaching staff took a lot of time to prep us and, and keep us in, in tune. You know, playing in the National League is a lot different than the American League. You know, because those starting eight players, you know, in the American League are pretty much there the whole time. In the National League, you may go through a whole roster during a game. Right. Right. 93, you were at uh, AAA for the Twins. Then 94, the Tigers released you, and you spent uh, a year in indie ball. So what was that indie ball experience like, especially after being in the big leagues, you know, just that recently? Um, it was uh, it was good. Well, I came home to San Bernardino, you know, Lake Arrowhead, and they had an independent team there, which I went and played with, which was a lot of fun because I had never been home. I'd always played on the, West, on the East Coast. So, so coming home and spending time with my family and stuff was great. 
uh, being able to spend time with my kids and their birthdays was was new. You know, I don't. Baseball is very challenging. It takes up a lot more time than people, uh, you know, than people really understand. Now they've got paternity leave and and you know a few other things that they they've gotten in the. Uh, in the union now but back in the day brother we didn't get but one or two days off for anything at all it was tough yeah well and in february of 95 then you signed with the royals during the baseball strike so what made you choose kc and and had that come about uh bob boone was here and and it was a good organization and and uh i just um you know i just it, it it just worked out i really liked the midwest and kansas city offered a good situation for me did you ever feel any backlash from the other major league guys that you know that you, for being a replacement player? Is that stuff all true that they used to say about that, or not really? Um, we, I think once it was understood, you know, I think once it was understood what took place and how some of us were signed, and 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 everybody had a different story or a different reason for doing that. And I think, you know, one of the things is 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 you can respect what some people do, and and everybody has a different road. Uh, that they choose, and I think once once we got to, together and we started talking about it and understanding how everybody's situation and position was different, I think there was a pretty good understanding, but there were some tough things that went on. I remember, you know, going back to Omaha for opening day, and there were six or seven guys that had made the AAA team for, for, the, for Omaha, and they were just, you know, they lost their jobs, and, and that was tough. I mean, those are good players and, and good families, and they were set, and you know, they're you know, baseball is tough, man. It is, it's, it's a, you know, there's ain't nobody's promised it tomorrow in this game. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, you you started '95 in Omaha, like you said. You were an all-star, and you led AAA with a ridiculous 4.34 on-base percentage. You were fourth in slugging, and then your OPS was just about 900. So, have you ever thought about the fact that you might be Billy Bean's dream player <laughs> before, with all the power and walks? Um. You know what? I we've talked about that. I mean, I mean, horsing around and stuff. You know, and I, I, you know, there was a, a gentleman when I got traded to the Twins. There was a gentleman over there that that uh, did the same type of uh, uh, numbers things like Billy Bean was doing, and uh, he brought that to my attention back in '93. You know, and and it was a very interesting thought, and I really didn't buy into it but yeah those numbers are you know numbers are huge now in, in baseball and, and i think billy billy bean's formula seems to be pretty darn successful yeah man he, he would i mean i guess back then it was probably just in in one ear and out the other right because nobody was talking about it back then no no absolutely not you know and it's an interesting fact you know but you know you take something over 162 games and, and sometimes you know it works out sometimes it doesn't baseball is a funny game i think i think the common denominator i think I think a GM would rather have five good starters, though, to be honest. I think pitching still wins in this game. Yeah, probably true. So June 12th of that year, uh, you got called up to KC. Now, how about that call to the major leagues? Where were you at, and how did you find out that one? Uh, we we were uh, at home, and, and Mike Jersley, Mark, I think Mike's your third base coach now. Mike called me in, and, and uh, I had to fly to Seattle, and that was awful nice to, to get a chance to do that. I know that... Uh, some of us that played in some replacement games had had been labeled, and the Ken, and the Royals were very loyal, and and they, uh, you know, I think were the Eddie Caceres and Jose Moda, and myself. I think that the Royals weren't too afraid of of uh, integrating that situation, and I think that also goes hand in hand with the GM and with also with uh, Bob Boone being a stand-up guy. You know, he he runs his clubhouse a certain way, and and that's how it's going to be. How'd you like? You mentioned Mike Gersley. How'd you like uh, playing for a great baseball guy like him? 
love Michael. I love Michael. He uh, uh, a good guy. Um, you know, he. I know he's from Wisconsin. He was like Wisconsin player of the of, a, of the decade back there. He was a great athlete. He was a lot of fun. He worked hard as a manager. Him and both Mike Alvarez was there, the pitching coach, and and Jersh's kids were the same age as mine, so uh, they just had a great time. I really enjoyed Michael a lot. And if you see him, please tell him hello for me. Well, absolutely, we'll do. How about Booney? So you like Booney quite a bit then too? Love him. I love him. He's a you know he's a Philadelphia guy originally, so um, we had a lot of uh, you know uh, good stories with each other. He had he had Lazinski with him at the time and. Uh, it was fun. I, I I have a lot of respect for Bob, and he's actually, believe it or not, my competition out here. He's got a flooring company out on the West Coast too. No way. <laughs> Small yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is B and B carpets. Bob Boone carpets. <laughs> well, so you OPS eight eleven then with KC, another major league home run off of Russ Springer here. Do you remember that at bat against Springer at all? Yeah, yeah, I I do remember. I didn't have too many brothers, so they're easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, they, uh, uh, Gary Gaetti was hitting in front of me, and, and, and Russ had just come in, and he was a hard thrower, man. I think he was legitimate 95, 96, and you always got to get it going. And, and I think Gary, you know, struck out, and I went up there. It was another great time because, you know, I, Anaheim is my, uh, where the Angels played. That's where, that was my home field. That's where we used to always go. I used to watch Nolan Ryan pitch and Bobby Gritch and, you know, Don Baylor and everybody. So I spent a lot of time at Anaheim, and, um, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a home run there, and I had probably 40 or 50 fans, or I'm not fans, I see all my family that were there, so that was fantastic also. It's always great to share share your experiences with your family. I think I think a majority of us would all agree that's, that's the reason why we're there. Did you get some uh, video highlights of your Royals days too? Not too many. Not not too many. Um, I've got a couple of them, but I've never really pursued it as much as you know earlier in my career when you when you first when you first break in. Yeah, I got to find some old. I got some old tapes of you somewhere. Brent cooks in and all those. Good, I'll dig those up. Oh, one of these cookie. Days. Yeah. Oh, cookie boy! I tell you, he he used to let her fire man three. He knew he was getting three whacks. He used to swing hard. Let me tell you, I love cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, who so who were your favorite teammates with the Royals then? Uh. You know the Royals were a lot like the Twins, man. They they got a lot of down to earth guys. I I like Joe Vidiello. Vidi was one of my good buddies, man. I enjoyed him a lot. I I enjoyed them all. Everybody was great. Jose Mota and I keep in touch. I I go visit him when he's an announcer for the Angels mm-hmm. now, and when we go down there, I say hello to him occasionally. And but uh, you know I like Joe a lot. Uh, Joe and I go back, and he's down in San Diego now, and I got to go look him up. Now, what do you think of uh, Moda's performance and for love of the game? Did you ever see him playing second base in that movie? Yeah, I did. I I did. I think. Uh, well, which movie was that? Was that the one where he's with Detroit or something? Yeah, and was, saved a no hitter. I yep. just saw that the other day. <laughs> yep, Kevin Costner. He made the diving play in the yeah, ninth inning. Well, yeah. Well, I kind of busted his chops about it the other day when I saw him. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine, Kevin Long. He's the you know Kevin. Yeah, he's the Yankees. hitting instructor. You know, he's the he's the hitting coach for the Yankees. He was in town, so we went down and had lunch with him. And then I saw Jose, and Jose's hair is still as dark as when we played together. And I know he's the same age as me. I know he's got to be coloring it, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. So July 8th, you got sent back to Omaha that year, and you guys made the playoffs. So your favorite memories of playing in Omaha and uh, the good old Rosenblatt Stadium, rest in peace. Oh, I love the dimensions, brother. The ball seemed to carry really well in Rosenblatt. I, I enjoyed it. The people were awesome. The food is amazing. Um, 
and, and the organization as a whole. I really enjoyed Kansas City a lot. Um, as a kid, you know, I used to go back every summer. All my family's from the Sioux Falls, Iowa, Minnesota area, oh. and my all my uh, relatives are farmers. So I, as a kid, I always spent time there. So uh, I had a lot of relatives that were still able to come to the Midwest and, and, and were, you know, within driving distance to come watch me play. And that's always great to get a chance to share stuff with your family. I, that, that is so important to, I think, most baseball players. Well, you had one more season in pro ball than in 1996. You re-signed uh, with Kansas City. Did you ever feel like you were close to making it back that year, or was that kind of just it at that point? No, I, I ended up uh, the first or second week in 96. I ended up, uh, I, I, swung, I swung in New Orleans, and um, I caught my spike, and I, I ruptured three discs in my back, Ugh. and I ended up having four or five epidurals that whole season. Uh, I ruptured three from April through the whole season. I, had, I my back was was really bad, and so I did everything I could to, to try to stay on the field with epidurals and, and, and medicine. And then when I got home, uh, we didn't we did an MRI and and I had ruptured three discs and I needed surgery. And so uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, to play enough that the Astros offered me a two year contract. So I signed a, a split deal with the Astros for uh, 97, 98, or 98, 99. But I ended up having to have surgery uh, on my back, and Dr. Watkins out here at uh, the Curlin Joe Clinic performed it. And then my back just never really, I never could get it strong enough again where I could play, so I, I retired. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds like a painful way to go out, right? Oh, <laughs> 11 years, brother. That was a good run, man. It's okay. I left it on the field. We're in good shape, man. Yeah. Well, have you ever been back to Kansas City since leaving then? You know, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance. You know, I've, I've got into business right away, and I've been working. But uh, I sure wish, uh, I sure hope there's, there'll be a time when I can get back there. I would love to very, very much. I know uh, Kip and I have become very close, and uh, with me having family there and with him going back to Nebraska quite a bit, I'm sure I'll make my way back to Kansas City. Yeah, maybe for a playoff game one of these years. That'd be great. You got it. Well, Rich Hill, the head coach at USD, is uh, you know they're in the top twenty and they've always been a game or two away from making it to Omaha. I told them that I would I would fly with them to Omaha if if if, if the Toreros make it. So, you know when that happens, I got to be a man of my word. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two last questions for you. Any chance we'll ever see you back? Uh, you know, coaching in pro ball or doing anything in pro ball, or is that ship kind of sailed? No, absolutely. I've uh, I get a call or two a year from my friends uh, that are in the in in that field. Uh, and I still cross paths, and we we drink a little bit too much, and start talking how fun <laughs> it would be again. Uh, I've got actually just put my 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 youngest son is is going to be a junior in high school, and uh, my my oldest daughter just finished college. So as soon as we have an empty nest, brother, I'm going to try to put some stuff up for sale and see if maybe get back into coaching a little bit. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be awesome! Great. Well, I guess in summary, then the last thing is, what would you like to say to uh, to Royals fans listening right now? Hey, congratulations, you guys. It's been a long time coming, and uh, enjoy it. I tell you what, they, they look good here on the West Coast, you guys, and I sure appreciate it playing for for the Kansas City Royals and, and uh, everybody who's there, man. It was a, it was a great time, and, and you guys were fantastic in Omaha and Kansas City, and, and I hope you guys, with this wild, I tell you what, with this wild card, even if they don't win the division, they're right in the mix. It made It's made this a, a whole different situation, and uh, 
and uh, looking forward to seeing the Royals in the playoffs. Me too. Well, I've got a lot of great memories of watching you play both in Omaha and Kansas City and collecting your baseball cards when I was younger and all that good stuff. So it's been nice talking to you, and thanks for all that you gave to the Royals organization. And, and stay in touch, and hopefully we'll see you out here for a game one of these days. You got it, brother. Hey, if you get a chance, give Swamer and, and tell Michael Jersley hello for me. Will you do that and give him, a love, give, me, give him some love for me? Absolutely. Will do, man. Talk to you soon. All right, David. Thanks, brother. Take care.